0: Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I wanna thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for Jesus all across this place. Come on. Man, we're excited to be here with you guys, and uh, man, it's good to be home, or not home, home here, as in back in church. Uh, it's been a rough week of sickness, but God has, uh, by his grace, and thank you for your prayers, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to do that ever again. All right, so, but it's been, it's been real good to, to be home. We're, we're talking about renewed, this idea of, of a renewed mind. <clears throat> and uh, how many guys have ever been in seasons where you felt hopeful? Come on, anybody remember seasons where you felt hopeful? Like, man, God's gonna do something great. I'm in this, right? I I remember uh, when we were getting ready to launch up portable at AMC theater. Uh, That was like a hopeful season. Uh, So myself and pastor Justin uh, and an amazing group of dream teamers, we launched portable at the AMC theater. We got kicked out of a building and and we were moving. We had eight weeks to launch a portable church, which do not recommend by the way. All right. So, uh, but we, we did it. And I was just like, man, I was so full of like hope and energy. and, And when things get a little chaotic, that's when I'm in my zone and me and pastor Justin are the same way. So when things get crazy, that's when we're like, let's go baby. So I was ready to walk through hell with a squirt gun. You know what I mean? Like, I would, God, God's going to do this. We're going to change the city. It's going to be great. We're going to go. It's going to be awesome. Like, that was, like, I was amped up, you know? Uh, it was just such a hopeful season. And so we got in there, and it was, and, we, and we, we launched the church. Everything was going great. Nine months in, COVID hit. Not hopeful anymore, right? Because how many guys know just as, as much as you can have seasons that are hopeful, how many guys know sometimes you have seasons that are hopeless, right? And COVID hit and I was like, oh God. And so we got we, we got kicked out. And what do you do as a church that can't have church? I, you know, like that's a very difficult thing to navigate. And so we we're like, let's be the church. And so we're taking care packages to hospitals. We're dropping off thousands of nurse care packages at the hospitals and, and trying to like give hope to them. And we led worship on the parking garage at Sacred Heart. Like that was a thing. Like, we were, like we're, we're out here just trying to do everything we can to give hope to our city. And, and that was amazing. And But, like, there's seasons where you feel hopeless. Am I right? And that was one of them, you know. There was another season I felt hopeless, which was around Tuesday of last week. (laughs) I asked my wife, I was like, can I voluntarily be put into a coma until this is out of my body? Like, is that a thing? Can you do that? Because I was like, I felt like my body hated me. It was just crazy. Um, But by the grace of God, we're here, and it's it's good. But I know hopelessness sets in for a lot of people. Today I want to talk to you about hope. I want to talk to you about hope because hope is always there. And I want to show you how that shows up because there's a number of reasons why hopelessness, a lack of hope, it shows up in our lives. I just want to give you a few of them. One would be financial issues. Come on, anybody ever gone through some stuff financially where you were like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. God, I don't know what you're going to do. Like, how do you guys know? Financial issues have a way of clouding things very quickly, right? And so financial issues is one, relationship problems. Come on. Anyway, how many guys know relationships will jack you up? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so you got you got crazy people, you know, and if you've never had a crazy person that you were in a relationship with, then you might need to anyway, so. There are common denominators. That's all I'm saying. There's common denominators. So, so, uh, but relationship problems definitely have a way of doing that. Health concerns, man. How many guys know health? When you sometimes when you're in a season where just things seem to be going wrong with your health, they can feel you can feel hopeless, uh, like I did on Tuesday. Uh, and so, um, constant anxiety. You know, if you're one of those people that deals with anxiety, constant anxiety can definitely make you feel hopeless. Um, And depression, which I think is a lot of times connected to that. And so depression can make you feel like I'm losing hope here. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to get hope from. And and as I was boiling it down, you know, one of the things that I just came to in that is this realization. I kind of wanted to put a frame around what how does hopelessness kind of land on our plate? And, And this is how I boiled it down. I said hopelessness happens when a situation seems out of our hands with no end in sight. Hopelessness happens when situations seem out of our hands or out of our control with no end in sight, right? Where, where are my control freaks at? Anybody in control freaks? You know what I'm saying? If your spouse is nudging you, that's you. And probably your spouse too at this point. So, right, you know, like, like I'm a control freak. And so when things seem out of control, I, man, that, that stresses me out. Like I, I can start to feel hopeless real quick. But here's the thing. If it's out of my control, but I can see the end, how many you guys know I can, I can persevere if I know the end is coming, right? When we were in Guatemala, there was one day it was miserable. So you can't, I have tattoos in case you don't know that. Um, and so you can't, if you have a tattoo in Guatemala, you are in a gang. So we were there for ministry. So those two worlds don't coincide. So I was, so they're like, you have to wear long sleeves. I'm like, bro, it's 90 degrees and 130% humidity. Like I'm, they're like, well, you got to wear long sleeves. I was like, Cool. So there was one day I was miserable out there. It was just so hot, and we were walking through mountains, and I was like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? It was a great time. You should go. But, um, and so I was, I was there, and, and uh, but one thing I told myself, one of the guys checked, on, I mean, he's like, you okay? He's like, listen, man, I can do anything for a day, because I know in three hours I'm taking this shirt off. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I know I can take a cold shower. Like So I, I can do anything for a day, except run. I'm not doing that for a day. Y'all can just have that. But. I can do anything for a day. So it's like, if I can see the end, I can persevere, right? Or if I can't see the end, but I'm in control, I feel like I can persevere, right? Because I got my grips on this. I can make this go the way I want. But how many guys know when you're not in control and you don't see the end, that's when things get hard. Like it's hard to persevere through those types of seasons, right? And that's what I want to talk to you about because hope is there. Where does it come from? Well, let's start with this. Romans 12, 1 and 2, which is our, our verse for the whole series, right? Paul's talking, he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, say then, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And this is what I want you to get. His good, say good. His pleasing, say pleasing. And perfect, say perfect. Will. So, we can so here here let me just help you out out of the gate. You can have hope when you're connected to God and you're connected to God's will because it's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Even when you don't feel like it. It's good. It's pleasing, and it's perfect. God is working those things together. Like his will is good. Now, don't get me wrong. I've gone through seasons where his will didn't feel good. Anybody relate? You ever gone through, you ever gone through seasons where you're like, God, I don't know what you're doing? Anybody ever had suggestions? Right? Like, but can I tell you, you can have hope because your hope is rooted in God's will, and God's will is always good, it's pleasing, and It's perfect even in stretches of time where it doesn't feel like it. And so how do we cling to hope in those types of seasons? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. How, how do we cling to hope when we're like, we're, we feel like we're drowning in that? And I want to show you a story today of someone that I feel like really had to cling to something like this, and it was Abraham in the Bible. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 15. That's where we're going to spend a good chunk of our time in Genesis. And we're going to bounce through it because I want to kind of walk you through a story of how, Genesis, uh, how Abraham in Genesis had to cling to hope. Right. And it starts with a promise. And he says this, then the word of the Lord came to him and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. And fresh out the gate, I want to give this to you right now when you're talking about hope, because here's the reality. True hope is rooted in the promises of God. True hope is rooted in the promises of God. Now, if you're anything like me, you like your hope to be rooted in what you're capable of. I want my hope to be rooted in me. I want my hope to be rooted in my job. I want it to be rooted in my career. You got your hope rooted in your bank account, your future, right? Your house. You got your, uh, my hope is rooted in my degree field. I'm going to, I'm going to get this degree. And if I can get this degree, then things will get better. And if I can do if I can, if I can, if, and what do you say? If I can, listen to me, but it's never, the promises of God have never been about you. They've always been about God. You're the, you're the benefit. But you're not the primary source. Listen, and the promises of God, when he comes in and he speaks or he gives us scripture that we can lean on and trust in. Listen, that's the promise. And, yes, you need to do your part. Let me be clear. So we don't get to pray to God. But like, God, I need you to work all this out. I'm going to hit the recliner. Let me know when it's ready. All right? God is not an Uber each driver with your blessing. <laughs> okay? So, like, don't get it twisted. You have a part to play. But your part is an accent to God's main source. You're not the source. And can I just help you out today? Neither is your boss. Neither is your job. Neither is your degree. Neither, like, you, if God puts on your heart to go after those things, go after those things. Except for the job thing. You don't need God to speak for you to that. Do that. okay? But, but in everything else, a lot of times we're trying to root our confidence on what our accomplishments. And God says, no, 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 we need, to, we need to root our confidence. We need to root the promises of God is the root of what we trust in. So guess what? If something falls apart tomorrow at my job, guess what? I'm trusting in the promises of God. Something, things are going crazy in my home and my marriage is getting like this or my relationships or my kids or whatever is getting a little, guess what? I'm trusting in the promises. It looks like one of your children, or maybe they've left the Lord or you have a sibling or a family member and, and they, just, they just don't see God right now. Guess what? I'm trusting in the promises of God. If things look like they're getting sideways with something in my life, I'm trusting the promises of God. Why? Because hope isn't rooted in what I can do. It's rooted in the promises of God. And so even when I don't feel it, come on, he's working. And we can trust in that. That's why 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. So we trust in the promises of God. All of our hope is rooted in the promises of God. But here's the thing you need to understand. Holding on to hope for the promise it's gonna get hard throughout the process. Holding on to hope through the promise. How many of you guys know it gets hard through the process? How many of you have ever you've come out of a, a great church service or you were in a good small group or someone prayed for you, or you just woke up and you were like, and, and you were going into this season, and the season was difficult. And how many of you guys know day one, day two, day three, you're like, we're in there, baby. God's got this. We're doing it. Walk through hell with a super soaker, baby, I'm done. Devil, not today. You're posting on Instagram, TikTok, or anything. You got verses of the day. You're doing it. How many of you know? Come day seven. God, (laughs) I just don't know. I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if you're coming through. I feel like you forgot me. I've been abandoned. Y'all laugh because you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I mean, you went from hopeful to hopeless in a matter of days. Why? Because the process is difficult. It's not hard to have hope for a day. It's hard to have hope for the journey. And so it's like, man, we get into the process of that, and, and this is what happens. God, God says I, I, He promises Abraham. He says, oh, "I'm going to bless the nations through you. Your descendants are gonna be the number of the stars." Abraham's like, "Dope, let's get it done, God." You know what I mean? And so, and then in Genesis 17:1 and 2, God comes back to him and says, "Hey, I still plan to fulfill that promise." And Abraham's like, "Word, hey, that's not okay. That part's not in there." But <laughs> let me read this text to you, and you'll understand what I mean. Abraham fell face down. And he laughed and said to him, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Now, Abraham's a hundred. God says, you're still going to have a son. How many of you know, I'd be like, I don't even know if I'm, well, I want it anymore. (laughs) A hundred? Come on. I got a buddy. (laughs) He had his youngest child when he was 68 years old. 68? Bro. Absolutely not. God, God's talking to Abram. He said, You're still, I, I, I still plan to fulfill it. You're going to have a son. Everyone's like, "Word." I'm 100. And he falls down. He laughs. That's what the text He laughs. Wait, I'm going to have a son at 100 years old. And then he goes on to say, and will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Ladies, 90? <laughs> Just in case you missed it. 90? <laughs> but all the promises of God are yes and amen. And, and so, how many, how many of you know with me that there, 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 when God makes promises and you get in the process, there's gonna be doubts? Like, God, are you, are you sure? Come on, anybody ever hit God with a are you sure? Abraham's looking at God. Uh, are you? Sh- I'm a hundred. She's ninety. I don't think. Like, a, I don't know that I even want that anymore. And b, that's impossible. Come on, you ever, you ever prayed to God for something and it didn't come through fast enough? You're like, I don't even know if I want it anymore. Don't you know what I'm talking about? You throw your kid. You throw your arms up like your teenagers do to you. I don't even know if I want it anymore. Come on, parents are teenagers. They hit you with a bruh. <laughs> bruh, I don't even know if I want it. I don't even know if I want it anymore. Abraham's looking at God. I, I'm 100. She's not. I don't even know. I don't. But you know what I'm God's promises are yes and amen. Listen to me. Because he's faithful. And listen, if he's faithful, you can be hopeful. As a matter of fact, I would say like this. Because he's faithful, you can be hopeful. He's faithful. And if because he's faithful, you can be, I, I want you to say that with, he's faithful. Now say, because he's faithful, I can be hopeful. The promises of God are yes and amen. So you can have hope even when you can't see how it's happening. But here's the thing about hope. Not only is the process part of it, but hope believes that he made the promise. So he's going to come through with the provision. Because he made a promise, he's going to come through with the provision. He said he's going to do it. Now I believe he's going to do it. How is he going to do it? I don't know. Come on, anybody ever hit a God with, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. I don't know how this is going to go, but it's going to go. I don't know where this is going to happen. I don't know how. I don't know what you're going to do. I can't figure this out. I don't have all the answers, but guess what? You do. I don't know how, I don't know how the, this degree is not, come on, this, this situation at my job, this in my home, my health, my, I don't know how this is going to work, but you know how it's going to work. You're working it together, right? It's not up to me to know how, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And listen, I believe some of you need to get in your mirror with something like that. You need to start talking to you and start talking to the Lord and declaring something on the inside saying, I don't know how you're going to do it. But I believe you're going to do it because your promises are yes and amen. And so I'm hopeful because you are faithful. And that's what happens. If you go to Genesis 22. So Abraham has his son, Isaac. So he has the son, already old. After he has the son, God says, okay, I, I'm going to test Abraham with his son. And this is what he does. He says, then God said, He said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Huh? (laughs) Like, I, come on, anybody, I have follow up questions, God. Some of you grew up, you heard, some of you grew up in church, you heard this story for the first time, and you were like, huh? I want you to take your son, your only son. I want you to bring him to the mountain. I want you to to sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Anybody ever hit God with a, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Come on, don't don't make these people superhuman. This is a man with a son. But because he trusted God's faithfulness. See, God made him a promise. Through your lineage, I'm going to bless the nations. They're going to outnumber the stars in the sky. So God made a promise. So what he's asking me now in light of the promise means I have to trust him in the process. And you know what? He's going to give me provision, even if I don't understand where it's coming from. So Abraham says, all right, so this is what happens. He takes them up, verses 9 through 13. When they reached the place God had told them about, so they go up the mountain, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the woods. So this man is committed, y'all. He's like, right, we're gonna, this is what God said. This is what, you want to know why? Because sometimes the obedience to the Lord has to go beyond our comprehension of what he's asking. When he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Because God will lead you to places and ask things of you that you could not possibly understand before realizing that he'll create a provision once you get there. He wants to see your obedience in the process. He's going, Abraham, I want you to do this. And all he was finding out is, do you trust me more than you trust you? Do you trust me to make sure that things go the way they should more than you trust yourself? And God knows the plan. Why? Because he's working even when you can't see it. And I don't have time to unpack this, but I, I remember hearing a story about God's, God's supernatural providence in that he didn't just create the ram and set it there. He led the ram up the mountain the whole time they were moving up the mountain. The provision was always present. They just couldn't see it till they needed it. And listen to me, God's working even when you can't see it. And so, so they get up the mountain. He goes there and, and God saves his son. But not only does he not ask him to do that, he gives him the provision necessary to have what he needs to be able to accomplish the purpose that he was up there for. In 1 Corinthians 1, 1.9, it says this. He says, God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, listen to me, what did it say? Is faithful. Why? Because he's faithful, you can be hopeful. Even when you can't understand it, even when you don't know how this is going to happen, even even when I can't see it, God, I believe you're working. Come on, when what we said earlier, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. I don't know where you're going to do it. Come on, help me. Out, but but you're gonna. I, I don't know. Where, I don't know how you're going to fix this. My spouse has lost their mind. Come on, somebody. Right. I don't. I don't know what you. But hey, my children are crazy. They're acting like my spouse because it couldn't be you, right? Couldn't be you. That's not, that's not, right? right? You, ever, you ever hit your spouse with one of those like your child is acting like, so, God, I don't know how you're going to, but in all seriousness, maybe it's a health concern. Maybe it's something at your job. Maybe it's something in your, I got, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but guess what? I'm trusting that you're going to do it. Why? You're faithful. You're faithful. Why? Because hope, Trusts in God's plan. Hope trusts in God's plan. Not my plan. My plan is wonky and sideways. Come on. If God gave you the roadmap to your purpose, you would automatically take a detour. If he showed you the pathway to promise, you would be like the Israelites 40 years in the desert. Because we're all alike in that when we take control of something, when we just pursue, when, when we try to do it without God, when we don't surrender to him, we we can mess some stuff up. But that's why your hope isn't in you. Listen to me. Look at me. Your hope isn't in you. And for some of you, the reason you feel hopeless is because you keep trying to put your hope in you. The reason you've been tired and exhausted. I feel like this is, I didn't say this in the first service, but I feel like for some of you, this is a word from God right now. The reason you are exhausted to the point of tears every night isn't because you're physically tired. It's because you keep holding a burden God didn't ask you to hold. It's because you're trying to be in control of something you should have gave to God a long time ago. And God's saying, "If if you'll let me carry that, I'll show you what rest looks like. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. What did he say? I'll give you rest for your soul. Hope, trust in God's plan. That's why Romans eight twenty eight says this. And we know that in all things, say all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good, say the good, of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. God's working all of those things together for those who have been, that love him and have been called according to his purpose. So as I was thinking through this for our lives, I started thinking through myself and my wife, Ashley, like how do we do this? Like what, what is the process we take? on how we how we do this in our own lives. Right? Like I hear okay Brad, I hear you. I need to have hope. But in the seasons where I start to get hopeless again, what's one of the best ways that I can I can start I can grab a hold of hope again? And this is the one that that we do and I want to encourage you to do. We place a hope label on every season of your life that you can revisit. And what I mean by that is every time God is faithful, we mark it so that we can revisit it when we're uncertain of the next season we're in. So when, when we're going through something and we're going, God, I don't know how you're going through. We revisit the hope label of the last time you came through. Because how many guys know God will get you through a season? And then once you get through the season and you're like, God, I knew you had it. You know what I mean? Like, God, I knew you had your good side, you know, whatever. And then you get to the next season and then you get uncertain again, right? Because you came into the season hopeful. God, I know you got it. First three days, bam, Mm, squash the devil. I'm in it uh, right? And then all of a sudden day seven comes, I don't know, I'm not sure, right? And then day ten comes and you're like, God, I think you forgot about me, right? Because it's all cyclical, right? We do the same thing every time we get in trouble. When it goes beyond where we feel like we should be in it, that's when we start to doubt God. But you know what we do in our home? We remind ourselves of the last time he was faithful. So on day six, seven, eight, nine, ten, we're going he was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now. I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm not sure, but because he's faithful, we can be hopeful. Remember when we did this? Remember when our money ran out there? Remember when we weren't certain about that? Remember when we weren't sure about this? Remember when we were struggling with this? But he came through there, and he came through there, and he came through there. We're going to put a hope label on every season so that when we look back, we get to declare the goodness of God, even in the midst of uncertainty. Why? If he was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. And because he's faithful, we can be, say it with me, hopeful. We can have hope. God's faithful. And and can I be honest with you? Sometimes it's necessary. And even in the seasons of our lives, man, where, where we, were, we were starting to lose hope. Sometimes you're praying for monumental miracles in your life. And we've definitely been there with our family in some of our situations. We're praying for monumental miracles. And God, we need you to do this thing. And one of the things that we, we just made it a point, we made it a point, to acknowledge all the miracles surrounding the miracle we were waiting for. We were praying for our son to be healed. And that was a three and a half year journey of of just praying, waiting and saying, God, you're faithful. I don't know how, I don't know when, but we trust you. You're faithful, so we're hopeful, right? for three and a half years we were waiting on the miracle but God performed dozens of miracles all around that miracle. He came through for Ashley's job. He came through for our house. He came through multiple times and we were going, I don't it, we're not sure how this is going to go. We can't pay that bill. We can't do these things. We we don't know how this is going to work. And God came through. And he came through and he came through. And you know what we chose to do? Because we because we're standing in the shadow of uncertainty, we're not going to allow ourselves to get hopeless. Because we're going to declare, we're putting a hope label on that and that and that. Look, he came through there. I know we hadn't got this yet, but look how he came through here. I know we hadn't got that yet, but look at how God did this over here. Why? We're declaring to ourselves the faithfulness of God so that when the doubt starts to creep in, when we start to lose hope, we're going, no, 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 look, he was faithful. 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 And if he was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. I'm hopeful because he's faithful. That's why in Genesis twenty-two fourteen, 14, Abraham did the exact same thing. So Abraham called that place, the mountain that he was on, he called it the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. To this day, when the Jewish people walk past that area, they still acknowledge it as the place God provided. Thousands of years later, guess what? When they walk past it, that's where God provided for Abraham, our forefather. That's where, you wanna know why? Because they're believing for something in their life. They're looking back saying, that's where God did it then, I'll trust them now. And you need it in your house, you need it in your home, you need it in your family some places where you keep pointing back. Because God did it then, we're gonna trust him now. He's gonna be faithful. Because he, he came through back then, we're trusting he's gonna come through this time as well. Hey, he was faithful then, he's gonna be faithful now. We're gonna trust him. And every time someone throughout all generations, they know that much. God will be faithful. And some of you, you need to sit down, you need to sit down with your children. You need to let them know why mama's been crying. Hey, we're crying because there's a we're in a season of life right now where we're trusting God. And we don't know how he's going to do it, but we're believing he's going to do it. That way, when he does it, you go back to the same child. You sit them down and say, God was faithful. I didn't know how he was going to do it, but he was faithful. Why? Because you're building a generational legacy of hopefulness in the faithfulness of God, even into your children, even into your grandchildren. Why? Because I still, even to this day, lean on the stories my father told me of the faithfulness of God to his life, believing God's going to be faithful to my life. Because he's faithful, I can be hopeful. Second Corinthians 120 says this. We read it earlier: for all the promises of God are yes and in him. Amen. And, and yes means absolute. And amen means certain. All the promises of God are absolute and they're certain. Why? because they're to his glory through us. You want to know why I trust God to come through? Because God's primary concern in all of it isn't my well-being, it's his glory. And since he's worried about his glory, he's glorified in how he takes care of his children. So I'm the byproduct of him making sure that his name is always lifted up. So I can trust in the Lord that you've, because you're faithful, I'll be hopeful. But here's what I think is true. Actually, I know this is true. And it's the reality that hope is only loss when the struggles of life become bigger to us than God is. Right? When the trouble, the problem seems this big and God seems this big, that's when it gets hard. Uh, the, the problem is that, that can be very skewed. Am I right? For example, let me help you out for a second. I'm all, you just take your hand. And I, want you to, I want you to block me out with your hand in front of your face. Just go ahead and do it real quick. Even at home. You can do it on your TV right now. Just use your hand and block me out where you can't see me anymore. Now, can I ask you a question? Is your hand bigger than me? That wasn't that funny. Y'all need to calm down. <laughs> is your hand bigger than me? no so why is it that you can't see me because even though it's smaller than me it's closer to you because whatever's closest to you seems bigger to you the problem with your hopelessness isn't that your problem is bigger than god it's that you're closer to your problem than you are to god So if you would get closer to God than you are your problem, you would realize I serve a really big God. And this problem is nothing compared to what he could do. But when you had your hand in front of your face, can I also tell you something else? You can't see me, can you? But guess what? I can see you. I can see you. Even in the seasons where all you can see is your problem and you don't feel like you can see God, God can see you. He knows right where you're at. He's not surprised by what you're going through. Because he's faithful, I can be hopeful. And as we wrap this up, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says this. I think some of you need to take this verse, write it down, print it out, put it on your kid's back. So every time he's running around, you can see it. But in all seriousness, maybe you need to put it in your car or in your wallet or, or something. But it says this, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. For those whose what is in the Lord? Their hope those that trust in the Lord we can have a confidence God's got this friend can I tell you something today we can trust God look at me you can trust God trust him he has every intention of coming through it may not be on your calendar come on somebody it may not use your spreadsheet of details anybody come on Anybody ever ever try to roll your plan out to God? Come on, God, check it out. I got a whole thing right here. I got spreadsheets on page three. I know how you could do this. God's like, cool, 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 cool. It may not be how you thought, but because he's faithful, we can be, say it with me, hopeful. And if we can trust in the promises of God, we will always persevere to be people full of hope to the world around us. I'm gonna say it again. They'll throw it on the screen for you. If we can trust in the promises of God, we'll always persevere and we can be people full of hope for the world around us. Because guess what? God doesn't want you just to have hope for you. He wants you to have some hope for somebody else too. And wants you to have hope for that coworker that feels like giving up, and you walk in, and you say, "You know what? I remember one time I felt the same way." But I got a hope label on that season. Let me tell you about how I, I didn't know how God was gonna come through. And then in the last moment he came through. I, I didn't know how my children were gonna, but guess what? I, I was the Lord was faithful and I trusted him and, and he was faithful. And and though I felt like I was gonna lose hope, I trusted in him. Maybe, maybe you've gone through seasons where you're doing the same thing. Guess what? I, I understand where you're at right now. I've been there myself, but God's faithful and we can trust him. And you 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 may not even be close to God right now, coworker. You may not even know who God is, neighbor. You may not even know who it is, family member. But Let me tell you about him because he's the God who's faithful. He loves you. He wants to help you. Listen, but it's not just about helping you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you something to look forward to way bigger than just this life. Why? And as we start to tell him about the hope that's in us, it's not just a hope for this world, but it's a hope for something that's coming that's even greater. Why? Because there's a hope in us that could help change somebody's world that's around you. So we need to make a declaration because he's faithful. I'm going to be hopeful and I trust him in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you that our hope is in you, Lord. God, I pray right now for every person that's in here, every person that can hear this, maybe even watching online right now, that they feel like they've run out of hope. They're not sure how this is going to go and that's going to go. But Lord, Lord, you know the way that we take, like Job. And so, God, we trust you. For every person, God, who has lost hope, or maybe they just feel like the, the length, the duration, the time is, has caused them to question whether or not you're going to be faithful. God, I pray that you remind them you are faithful. And since you're faithful, we can be hopeful. We thank you for it this morning. Let us trust you. Stir up faith in our heart, because hope and faith are connected. So we're believing in you, Lord, that you've got it all. We thank you for it, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. With your eyes closed very quickly, if you're here today, you say, Brad, I want to have hope, but I can't have hope until I really have God. And if I were to be honest, maybe I know about God, but I don't know God. I mean, maybe... I go to church, but if I were to be honest with you, my life isn't surrendered to him. I don't even know that I am a Christian, but I want to be. And today I'm ready to say yes. And the beauty of the gospel is this, though sin has separated all of us from God, God sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the price for your sins so that you could be close to him again. And all it takes to be saved is a belief in faith that he died on the cross for you. And today, if you're ready to make that commitment, I want to invite you to do so. And we're going to pray a prayer right now that puts words to that commitment in your heart. We're going to pray that Jesus will come into our lives and that we would surrender our lives to him. So let's pray right now, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. T.C., let's give it up for all those that pray that perhaps the first time we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola more information about our church or to contact us feel free to go to mytc.life mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially and we would love it if you would consider doing just that as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow so i want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who god wants them to be i pray you have a blessed day